0: My scripture this morning is taking place from
1: Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. If you'd like to follow along as I read aloud, it's
0: found in your pew Bibles on page 181. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your
1: love towards all the saints, and for this reason... I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the work of his great power? God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places.
0: Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named. Not only in this
1: age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet, and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all, in all. May God bless the reading of God's Holy Scripture. Amen. Now this passage has us praying with Paul for our very respective communities of faith. Paul has just enumerated us with spiritual blessings that are available to Christians in the phrase of, in Christ. In that moment, he now pauses to offer a prayer of thanksgiving and petition. Now, the prayer reflects a Pauline uh, basic remembrance and response formula. He, but the actual petitions seem very unique to the ephesians now this is important you see we tend to put all of the letters in this homogenized idea that it's for everyone at all times and all places no it's it's for the church in ephesus and in that church we gather and glean things that actually relate to us such as the petitions that he makes such which would be he prays for spiritual intelligence a moment of discernment and the understanding of God's awesome power. Now each of these petitions includes or implies a so that clause to suggest what the desired uh, result might look like. So let's just pause for just a moment and linger for in that moment of the opening thanksgiving Paul's expressions of gratitude go beyond mere formalities. You see, it's not a superficial like eulogy, but a genuine acknowledgement of the exceptional reputation of the work of the Ephesian believers. This is different. If you look at the church in in the Thessalonians, or you look at Corinthians, especially Galatians, There's
0: something about the church in Ephesus that draws Paul close to them. In our own faith communities, how often do
1: we pause to express heartfelt gratitude for the remarkable works and virtues of our fellow believers? Those of you that had the honor and privilege to be able to go and participate with our community Thanksgiving service last Sunday got to have a glimpse of that. there's something beautiful about being able to come together for an ecumenical worship service it is rather unique that in our community our clergy have a couple times of the year that we say it's more important for the community to worship together than to be apart to see beyond our differences and embrace the similarities What are those similarities you might ask well for one we believe in Jesus Christ we believe in the the name of God we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit now how we all get there is is different from one another but we all recognize that those are the most important things and we move past them to work together and to give thanks for that it was beautiful to behold there was something transformative that took place there. A transformative power of cultivating a culture of genuine thanksgiving in our midst. And it was awesome. Yes, it was different than what we're normally used to. But it helps us to see just a little bit further into the heart of Paul's prayer. He earnestly desires for the Ephesians to receive a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. So let's consider the heart of that. Think of it as, like I was talking with the children, of putting on special glasses for just a moment that allow us to see life with more wisdom and understanding. You see, I did it with the children because I think they get it way more than we do.
0: They have the ability to see beyond things that we haven't broke them from. (laughs) Children
1: at an early age don't understand racism. Surely children at an early age don't understand the differences of uh, denominations. Children from an early age don't recognize the differences of everything else that we do in as a culture, but they have the ability to look at each other with their hearts
0: with beautiful heart-shaped glasses. They have more wisdom
1: and understanding than we do. It's, it's, it's as if Paul is looking at us and saying, when you're puzzled by a tricky puzzle, Paul prays for a spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's like asking God for help in figuring out the beautiful plan that he has for us. Can you think of a time when understanding something better helped you navigate a challenging situation of course this plea for spiritual intelligence is not a mere intellectual pursuit but a prayer for deep understanding of god's ways in the early part of the christian movement saint jerome talks about the imagery of god's or paul's understanding of the eyes of the heart It is inviting us to envision a faith that transcends the limitations of mere human understanding. So just take a moment to reflect on your own need for spiritual intelligence and discernment.
0: What aspect of this prayer resonates most profoundly with your current journey of faith? Then, as if he just goes straight into it. He prays for illumination.
1: Now, Paul's prayer extends beyond wisdom to encompass illumination concerning the Christian life and their resources. He asks you to consider the impact of continuous intercession within our small groups or our faith communities. Earnestly praying, as he says in verses 17 through 19, weak after week how might this ongoing spiritual commitment shape our own individual perspectives actions and relationships over the course of a year imagine if a entire church spent an entire year focusing in on praying for our community what would that look like what would the collective growth? and the transformation within our community if we wholeheartedly sought God's illumination and enlightenment in, together. Paul's prayer extends to asking for light bulbs of insight about our Christian life. It's
0: like having a flashlight in a dark cave only s- to see shadows on the wall. When I was in seminary, we, uh, we were forced
1: <laughs> to read a, a, a story by Plato called the allegory of a cave now the, the cave is one of those things that we're supposed to read it's Paul uh, uh, Plato for those of you that don't know uh, was a student of Socrates and the teacher of Aristotle he's, he's kind of a big deal he's, he's a Hellenist which is a is a is a, a an understanding of philosophy in the Greek world uh, we tend to say that it was like from 450 to, uh, it just kind of kept on going. <laughs> Hellenism really never goes away, but its official idea just kind of continues for a long, long period of time. It's a different way of thinking. It's the introduction of philosophy. It creates the ways that we believe. And the interesting thing about the allegory of a cave, well, let me tell you the story as I rewrote it once upon a time you see we gotta tell a story like a story right imagine there is a dark cave where prisoners have been held captive since birth these prisoners are bound in such a way that they can only see the wall in front of them behind them there is a fire and between the prisoners and the fire there is a raised walkway Now, on this walkway,
0: imagine there are puppeteers who hold up various objects. Like statues or animals casting their shadows
1: onto the wall that the prisoners face. Now, the prisoners, having never seen anything else, believe that these shadows are the only reality the echoes of the puppeteers voices are the only sounds they've ever known one day one of the fr- prisoners is freed and is compelled to turn around now initially he is dazzled and blinded by the fire's light but as, as his eyes adjust he sees the objects carried by the puppeteers and understands that the shadows were mere illusions. This realization is overwhelming, and he is eager to share his newfound knowledge with the others still bound in the cave. However, returning to the cave and attempting to explain the truth, he faces disbelief and resistance, shocker, from the other prisoners. You see, the shadows on the wall are their only reality, and the freed prisoners' description of a broader,
0: more profound reality beyond the cave is met with skepticism and even hostility. Now, Plato ends the story right there.
1: Because in true Hellenism, at that moment, they would take the time to to discuss and to debate about what does this story mean. In seminary, we talk about how Plato uses this allegory to illustrate his philosophical ideas. The cave represents the world of appearances and illusions that most people live in. Hmm. Let me read that line to you one more time. The cave represents the world of appearances and illusions that most people live in. While the shadows on the wall symbolize the distorted reflections of truth we perceive through our senses. Like, oh, I don't know, through our smartphone devices or on the televisions or even in just mere gossip what we hear what we see what we smell what we touch becomes our own reality and right now you live in a world that has created multiple false realities everywhere you go everything that you touch everything that you see everything that you smell is always up to question in the world that you live in and why is this so important josh what does this have to do with paul everything because paul would have been brought up in the hellenistic way of understanding and education he's asking for the people to see a great light and not just a physical one but a metaphorical one that will change their lives forever something that would truly guide them out of the darkness In a world that was created by illusion you have to remember you see plato is the one that inspired things as well as aristotle that inspired things like oh i don't know the roman empire that paul finds himself under the boot heel of and imagine the illusions that are taking place at that time when you have a caesar's face on the currency That they use to buy their own food holding up something a spherical object maybe oh i don't know a globe that illusion is stuck in their brain they're being brought to light you see this allegory of the cave prompts us to reflect on the nature of the actual reality that we find find ourselves in. And it encourages us for the pursuit of truth and the
0: transformative power of knowledge. Because we truly believe that knowledge is power. God's awesome power. One of my favorite writers of all time is Dr.
1: Barbara Brown Taylor. She asks us, how much of God's energy are you using at the moment? And it's a great question for us. You have been given this power above all power. You've been challenged to go out into the world and using your introspection on the dependence of God's power, how much of the divine strength are you using to identify any barriers that might be preventing you from accessing the fullness of that power? What limitations or obstacles do you find in yourself maybe tapping into the boundless reservoir of God's energy in your life? But I really want you to hear this in the age of Marvel movies. God's power is not as a superhero's strength
0: It's it's not some movie-made magic. It's a gentle, unwavering, guiding force. Paul invites us to tap
1: into this power, not to fly or perform grand feats, to leap over a building in a single bound, but to use that power to navigate life's challenges with quiet assurance that God is there. God is leading us through to something greater than ourselves. Think of it as having a reliable compass, pointing us in the right direction on our faith journey. How might our lives be changed if we embrace God's power as a steady companion? Something that gently
0: leads us through difficult times and uncertainties. as you have this moment of reflection on prayer for wisdom,
1: insight, and power, I hope that you become stirred to bring these petitions before the throne of grace, both individually and collectively as the First Christian Church of Perry. Would you please pray with me? May the spirit of wisdom and revelation open our eyes to the profound truths of God's Word. And may the illumination guide our journey of faith. Let us also seek a deeper understanding of the limitless power available to us through Christ. As we join in prayer with those all around the world, lifting your name up with open arms and upward hands, As we seek these blessings, may our lives be transformed and may our faith communities be marked by a radiant, brilliant, transformative
0: spirituality for the glory of God. Amen.